I'm sorry. Sorry. That's my fault. I went in I went in Josh's studio during the break. What are we talking about? Oh, I was sharing the story behind. <laughs> yeah, the fortieth birthday party. Um uncensored. But like it's it's a hundred degrees in there, dude. And so I had opened a door and I left it open. Sorry. Oh no, it's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, t- I'm like really OCD in here, aren't I? Like, gotta have the doors shut, and yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's OCD. I, th- I think it's, I think it's fine. I'm no problem with it. I would do the same thing. The problem is you can't leave the doors open because you never know what might happen in the background. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of conversations taking very, place around us. Very loud conversations that can take place. Um, they are not related to what we're discussing on the air. I don't have anything plan for the nba in the top five stories of the day cool we can just kick it around but i did i I mean there's there's no way frank vogel is back as the head coach of the lakers next year right oh no no chance and you know i said earlier i i'm gonna be in the minority on this but i think there's a chance it could still work if they retool things a little bit and keep Russ, keep AD, keep LeBron. I don't think that's the direction the Lakers will go. And there's a strong argument that can be made that they should move on from both LeBron and Russell Westbrook and try and build this thing around Anthony Davis, which there's some question marks there because Anthony Davis can't ever stay healthy. He can't stay healthy, man. He can't stay healthy. He's so good, though, when he can. So this is – I mean, this is wild to me. The the Lakers won the championship – in 19 and 20. The Mickey Mouse championship? Right. And, and of course, it's always going to be in the bubble, so that's question. But now you're looking at 11 years since their title run, and in those 11 years now, um, the 0910, I guess what, more than that, it'd be 13. 12, 13 years, right? In the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, in the 12 seasons since they've uh, only made the and this is only for a franchise like the Lakers. They had a run of six straight years where they missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now they've missed the playoffs two of the last four, and they've only won two true playoff series outside the bubble since the 2010 title. Two, not a yeah. good franchise right now. If you don't, if you don't embrace the bubble championship, no, it's it's not been it's not been a good decade. For Lakers fans, there's no getting around that. And though LeBron and Anthony Davis brought that championship to Los Angeles, I mean, gosh, the other couple of seasons have been so bad. You don't want to say it mars a championship because, hey, you you got the rings to show for it. But it has dampened that championship a little bit, has it not? Gosh, yes, yes, yes. So – No NBA in the top five stories of the day. You're welcome. And as always, to kick off Hour 3, it's brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker and Roof Tech for all your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. Big story number five. Number five. So, no golf today. Right? Fortunately. Which is, I guess, good news for Tiger playing. Here's what he talked about yesterday as it pertains to the biggest holdup 
for him this week. This might take a second to play because my computer is not liking Tiger me this Woods. morning. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, everybody. It's up to me to endure the pain and, and all that. But I felt like I, I could still do this. And I don't know how many more years I can do this. I was very fortunate to have come back in the end of 17 uh, when I did because I didn't know if I could still do it again at that time. But again, my surgeons gave me an opportunity and my PTs did the same. This is kind of the same scenario, but um, a little bit more severe than it was back then. Now, if you want to peel back, wait, is it? I don't know if, if peel back the onion is proper here or not. Maybe peel away a couple of layers might work better. I don't know. But if you want to dig a little deeper, there you go. The reality is that Tiger uh, sees just being here as a win. The fact that I was able to get myself here to this point is a, is a success. And now that I am playing, now everything is focused on how do I get myself into a position where I'm on that back nine on Sunday with a chance, just like I did you know, a few years ago. How are you feeling right now, Josh? Tiger going to win the whole thing. I hope. <laughs> It'd be a successful Masters for him. If he makes the cut. I would like to make my official prediction for who wins the Masters at 11.08 a.m. Central Standard Time here on April. Why did I just move And it? the pick is? April 6th. Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson and his pink driver. No, I'm John Rahm. I'm taking Xander Shoffley. Like it. I watched, While we were on the air here, I was watching John Rahm's presser, and I just kind of liked his demeanor. I like the the way he was rolling about things. I'm not the biggest John Rom fan on the planet, but I'm not like anti him. That's my guy for this weekend. So you're not totally Pat Reed with John Rom, but you're sort of in that area code. That's a really good way to put it, Josh Helmer. It's a really good way to put it. All right, um, big story number four. Number four. Man, what a win last night for OU baseball. Now I I get it. I completely and totally understand. Uh, ORU is not as good as they've been in years past, but guess what? We we don't care. This is a this is a team that has given Oklahoma fits in the past, and they got things going early and often. Last night, did the Sooner Bats. Here's Treadaway. Line drive, base hit into left. And it's 2 nothing OU. And they weren't done. Here's oh, the wait. O2. Hold on, I went backwards here. And then they got started on this. Here's the O2. Not running. Fly ball hit hard to right. That might be Robertson's first. It's at the track. It's at the wall. It's off the wall. And it bangs away. Graham is headed into third. He'll be waved home. They just now have the ball. Robertson standing into third with an RBI triple. I got backwards. And then, of course, the Peyton Graham bomb, with which went viral last night. Here's the 1-1. High fly ball to left. That's got a chance. Cox back at the wall. He'll watch it fly. Peyton Graham has just hit his seventh home run of the year. Oklahoma wins it by a final score of 8-2 to two afterwards. You want a little uh, Skip Johnson afterwards or anything that caught your eye from the broadcast? Oh, I wasn't going to say anything particularly illuminating other than PG's just been absolutely crushing it. On fire for Peyton Graham right now. IFB not working tonight. I apologize, Coach. I'm not there in person, but thank you for calling in. Boy, I thought just a solid all-around win by your team tonight, Coach. Yeah, I thought we really, you know, jump out to the lead. Uh, Braden was a little shaky at first. 
and kind of settled in. It was good to see him settle in, get some confidence from it. Uh, and, you know, when you get two or three runs early like that, you can kind of settle in. You don't have to try to pitch, you know, have to feel like you're pitching perfect. And I thought that was a big deal for him. And, and uh, uh, then we kind of started separating the game, having good at bats one after the other, which was really big. And uh, got some guys some work out of the bullpen, getting Carter in there and getting uh, Miller because we're going to need Miller. Miller's got great stuff. And uh, uh, he's just now getting where he can go, and I think it's great to see that. Throwing strikes, getting outs, making plays. Congrats to OU Baseball. Nice win last night. Getting dubs. Getting those dubs. So that's getting those dubs. So that sets us up for a very interesting weekend. We're off to Stillwater as Oklahoma will square off against the Oklahoma State Cowboys Friday night at 6, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Sunday at 3 p.m. All of those are right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Love it. All right. um, Are we at three already? Look at us. Big story number three. Number three. So we we played a little bit of of Patty Gasso's presser earlier today. His big story number three is Oklahoma in action tonight. Oklahoma in action tonight against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And... I'm just of the believer. I'm of the belief that this Oklahoma team is there. There's still some things they need to clean up. Coach Gasso said that, but they're rolling. They're really, really, really playing well, despite the things that need to be fixed. But with that said, for JT Gasso, we had a conversation yesterday and we asked the Sooner hitting coach about balancing expectations and where he's seen that fire and that desire continue to kick up for this team. Here's what JT told us. Yeah, it was it was fun. I went a little bit too hard on the bounce. Wait, hold on. I want to fight my audio equipment right now. I literally want to throw down, hands down, and fight it. Here we go. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of we knew that they were going to do that going into it. Um, we've seen, I know, like Morgan State, if you remember last year, uh, their right fielder was in right center field. Their center fielder was in left center, and you know they just they move their outfield. So we've seen some stuff like that, and, um, and it's just you know something that maybe we didn't notice uh, at the, in the box, but right. we kind of knew what it was going to be um, going into it. It's just you know not taking what they were giving us and uh, just falling into that. But uh, but yeah, that's something we learned from, and and, uh, and we're going to get better from it. There you go. What they take from Sunday. OU Tulsa tonight, first time they played in a couple of seasons, weren't on the schedule last year, had um, COVID issues. Obviously, they shut down the season. Uh, Oklahoma Run ruled them last time they played here. There have been some really good games in this series. We'll talk about them tonight, 6 p.m. with the first pitch. I'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network beginning with a 545 pregame show, OU and Tulsa. Big story number two. Number two. Oh. I am laughing as I look down at big story number two, and it's one of those moments where I know what I meant to write down, and midway through it, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what that means or what that says. What is this? What is that? It looks like a combination of A V A L M. Big story number two. Spring game is coming up on April 23rd. Now we had a lot from yesterday's show with Jay Valai. Today. There will be another media availability that will take place as soon as the show wraps up. 
essentially, or I guess what, while the show's going on right now. Uh, but it was, we spent a lot of time with Jay Vlai and, and his press conference yesterday. We didn't spend a lot of time hearing from some of the players. And last night, kudos to the guys over at uh, Sooner Scoop who put up some Ethan Downs. Kudos to the different TV stations. But uh, this really stood out to me the first time that I think I've, I've heard Ethan Downs do an interview when he was asked about their new coaches and a, a specifically Miguel Chavis. I would say we were, we were in a – to an inside run, one of our first spring practices. I finally got pads on. We were really hitting each other, you know. And uh, an inside run, I remember I made uh, I was ripping to a B-gap, and I made this play on the running back. And I saw him sprinting across the field, you know, high knee and just throwing his body. And he uh, jumped up in the air, gave me shoulders. He said, that's what I'm freaking talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Because he, he's honest about the details. Just like I mentioned, Coach Venables, it's the character, the everything. It's the details, details, details. And... Uh, Coach Chavis is all about the details, you know, what you do defines who you are. And on and off the field, uh, taking a, you know, not taking anything for granted, just having fun, giving it all you've got. And, you know, something he says, when you get tired, um, your intensity goes up, your focus goes up, and that's what's going to separate you. So that's all what we've been working on. I, I'm here for more Ethan Downs of Ale. Give me all the Ethan Downs avail possible, please. Sounds like he digs himself some Coach Chavis. He does. David Aguebu also spoke yesterday, and he's staying inside. I think there had been some thought that maybe he might shift back outside, but obviously he has a lot to prove because that season we expected last year never really materialized. Here was Aguebu meeting with the media a little bit yesterday. Um, across the groups because it, it, it wasn't any one person or any one group last year. It was just a whole bunch of different spots from, from different parts of the team. And now that every group has their own little uh, system of holding each other accountable, it's definitely showing uh, evident on the field, 100%. Like I say, uh, you, got to, you got to practice and you know Anything you do is gonna is gonna be seen, is gonna be coached, and um, you can tell these guys are coaching from the heart, and they're coaching because they want to bring the best out of us. So it, it, it's good out there, um, just seeing all the different parts of people pouring into the players. David Aguayo, am I nerding out a little bit too much when I think about guys who could really have a breakout year, and I think about David Aguayo because of what he just said, and again, it's not a he had. One of the best linebacker coaches in the country last year in Brian Odom. So it's not a Brian Odom thing, and it's not a Alex Grinch or the defensive staff thing. It's just I hear that, and it kind of gets me pumped up that, okay, I mean, obviously there's something different, but for him maybe it's looked at as this is a whole new fresh start, and he gets that opportunity to, with his physique and with his body and with his skill set to be coached a different way. I mean, am I nerding out too much if I think – this is one of those dudes that I think of as a breakout season because of that. No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so necessarily. And you know, for me with David Aguebu, it's just somebody's got to step into the role that Brian Osimo uh, has kind of voided here, moving on to the National Football League. So why not Aguebu? I mean, he seems to be the prime candidate alongside Deshaun White. He's got there's some young guys though, sure, that are chomping at the bit to try and take some of those reps away. 
It feels like it's Igwebu's year to really grab hold of that alongside Deshaun White. Feels like he's primed to do it. He's got the coaching staff, the right people around him to uh, position him in that direction. Meeting with the media as we speak. We'll have that coming up on Steely and Thune at noon and, of course, with Tyler and Teddy this afternoon. We'll recap it um, all day tomorrow. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Bob Bowlesby is out as the commissioner of the Big 12. According to Texas Tech President Lawrence Shavonik, they want to move quickly. They aim to have a new Big 12 commissioner in place within 90 days. Baylor AD Mac Rhodes agreed that the timetable for the league's leadership transition is ideal and necessary. The timetable, that is. There are too many important issues on the table in the years ahead. Bullsby's successor needs to get to work and begin understanding the conference, its status in college athletics landscape, and where it must go from here. You are going from whatever job you currently have, where if you're in a conversation to be a conference commissioner, you've got yourself a really good job, and you've got to take on a whole new challenge. The poll so far at Twitter.com is still very one-sided. You can go vote at Sports Talk 1400. Bob Bowlesby stepping down. Which story are you buying? Forced out or all his call retirement? 81% of you so far say forced out. And the again, I, I'm not doubting it at all. The reason I think it's a conversation because in none of the – I mean zero of the pieces from ESPN.com and Heather Dinich to the athletics piece by Max Olson – to Dennis Dodd's column at CBSSports.com. There is not a mention of failure to perform, which, again, is a pretty damning allegation. Oh, well, they're just they're saying this to try to save face. What? Well, this report is out here, so I don't know how much face you're going to save, but okay. Yeah, I just I keep coming back to the, the fact that if it's failure to perform, if he's been forced out, why would you have waited? Thank you. I mean, eight months from when Oklahoma and Texas, you know, made their news? Or, I mean, eight, nine months, whatever it is, from last summer. If he was going to be forced out because of the Oklahoma-Texas thing. It should have happened. Yeah, I just, I mean, okay, I think that there's plenty of, administrators and presidents or you know folks involved with the Big 12 that probably aren't super upset that there's a change happening with Bob Bowlesby but the idea that it was hey you're done dude I mean I don't know I just to me that's hard to believe the timeline of it just doesn't feel like that's what happened so we'll wait now potential successors include names like Oliver Luck Uh, several ADs have been mentioned including uh, Gloria Navarez who was a senior associate AD at Oklahoma. She's now the West Coast Conference Commissioner. Helped navigate through a very big-time deal with ESPN. A guy like Mac Rhodes would be interesting, but he just signed a 10-year contract. We'll see. I wonder how important familiarity with the league. Do they want someone that's been around it or not? Big story, Bob Bowlesby is out. They might. I think it's in their best interest to get somebody that 
maybe has a little bit of an outside perspective. I've been campaigning that all morning long. I don't think it should be a Mac Rhodes. I don't think it should be one of these Big 12 athletic directors or presidents. Somebody quick, that knows. Big picture of college football. All right, quick break. When we come back, there was one story that was on the cusp of the top five today, but I, I just I don't put much credence into it. And we'll tell you next. Welcome back into the Plank Show. On the ref, you can find us online at sportstalk1400.com where uh, I actually was listening to Lou Ball because we're going to put it on the Sooner Sports Podcast nice. from yesterday's show. And JT Gasso is up right now at Sports Talk 1400 or however you consume podcasts. Simply search our flagship Sports Talk 1400 and you'll find us. Um, all right. It's already 11.28, so I'm going to slide this in here real quick before anyone gets mad at me. It's, oh, no, talk Tiger and Thunder. We're Sooner Toilet. I feel like we've spent a lot of time on the Sooners today, and I'm trying to minimize any Laker or Coach K talk. But yesterday, the internet exploded with a Jason Williams report that Coach K could be coming back. Now, that's one hell of a headline, right? And you click on that bad boy, and you're like, Jason, Jay Williams, one of the greatest Duke Blue Devils of all time, and if he doesn't have that motorcycle wreck who knows what he could have been for the Bulls, that Jay Williams? Yes. But I want you to hear the basis, Josh, for the report. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Please work. Oh, are you kidding me? All right, let's try this again. Okay, last time. Go. I don't know this for a fact. This is Hold on. There's the start. There's the start. I don't re- know this for a fact. Okay, that's just the start. I don't know this for a fact. This is sheer speculation on my part. But there, there's a lot of moving parts here. First off, I'm really happy for Nolan Smith. He deserves to be an associate head coach. To go back to where his father played, him his father. Uh, he lost his father when he was younger. I love that for Kenny Payne who was the assistant coach with the New York Knicks, who was originally with John Calipari at Kentucky, now the head coach of Louisville. Louisville is about to be a crazy program for bringing Nolan Smith on as associate head coach when they confirm the deal. But I think it leaves a huge gap at Duke. And the question is, who fills that void from a recruiting perspective? And it leads me to think, which I've been thinking a lot about since I heard this news yesterday, that does Coach K come back for another season, one more final season? Now, I'm not saying I know this. I'm just throwing it out there because you, <laughs> these kids are coming in expecting to, be, to win a championship. And they were recruited and they have close relationships with Nolan Smith. So it's like, you know, if I recruit Key and I'm one of the main reasons Key is coming to my school and now I'm leaving my school, even though the school has a great footprint, that creates a different dynamic between all these players. A little Give more. It a legit chance, Evan, to Max and Key. Because if you're Nolan Smith. Hold on, hold on. There was a, a quick little edit in there as well because Keyshawn Johnson jumped in and said something. So they're in at its core, Josh. That's where a lot of that report is coming from. Now, there was a, there was a quick little second part to it. And here it is right here. Here's why I give it a legit chance, Evan. Why I give it a legit chance. Because if you're Nolan Smith and you have a great relationship with all these players, you're in the conference, man. You're at Louisville. You're picking up the phone and you're saying, yo, Dariq. Yeah. Like, it's time. We're here. This is what we're doing here. We're going to put together a different team. Be coached by somebody. You can – it turns into recruiting battles, man, and it weakens your hold on number one class. So if you're Coach K, how do you strengthen that hold? I'm coming back. 
So, again, not many people took the time probably to listen to the whole clip because it wasn't a report. It was an interesting theory, which honestly, Josh, if the Notre Dame powers that be didn't think enough of, boy, there's going to be some people that when Coach K leaves, they might want to leave or, you know, look at the landscape and think, you know, it, guys like Tommy and Tommy Amaker and Johnny Dawkins moved on to get head coaches jobs and sometimes they failed and sometimes they worked out. I mean, there's a great rumor that Tommy Amaker was the guy and that Mike Shashevsky had handpicked Tommy Amaker as the guy to take over and that Tommy Amaker, you know, Mike Shashevsky's keeping his office. And I guess that's a massive deal at Duke. He's staying on as an advisor, but he's not giving up the head coach's office. It's still his. And I guess from what I've been told, the office is it's like a castle and you've got to take an elevator to get there. And it's just it's it's very it's a big deal, right? To have the head coach's office. And for Tommy Amaker, he's like, I, I can't come and coach the way I want to if, you know, the, I love Mike Krzyzewski, but he's still going to be a part of the program. So a lot of people have theorized that maybe, just maybe, that leads to a thought that he would still be wanting to come back. But if they hadn't thought of that, that Nolan Smith might leave when you hire John Shire, then come on, they really, really had a short-sighted approach to this. Well, the other part of it is this. Whether it's this year or next year or three years or five years. You're still retiring, right? <laughs> right. And there's going to be another recruiting class that's going to be in danger of being lost when Coach K steps away, when Nolan Smith or other parts of the staff step, step away. And for John Shire, welcome to being a head men's basketball coach. <laughs> right. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to the challenges of the gig. You will have to replace members of your staff. You will have to compete with Louisville or with North Carolina or with Kentucky or with Kansas. There will be negative recruitment against you. That's the gig. That's the job. Welcome to it. So if not now, when? When? And to me, that's damaging to Coach Shire for Coach K to come back and say, eh, no, I need to stick around one more one more go. Yeah, give me another go. It basically says <laughs> Coach Shire's not ready for it. Yeah. And then, you know, you also think about, well, what if, you know, what if John Shire had other opportunities he could have taken and passed on them because of this, and now you're I, – I, I listen, it opens up a pantheon of, of issues. But, in fairness, Duke did, did hire an assistant to replace Nolan Smith. So – and he was the head coach at Elon. So however you want to look at that or whatever you want to think about it, just remember, sometimes this might – I know you're not going to change your mind based on anything that I say. I just – I've accepted that. I could – you could firmly believe that the sky is blue and I could see it as, no, it's really gray and we could fight all day. I'm never going to change your mind. But if there is one thing, I would hope that it would lead to a click or two or at least a little bit of a deeper reading whenever you see a report like Jason Smith – Says Coach K could be coming back. Well, he's he's opining it. And I get it. He's Jason Smith, excuse me. Jay Williams. Jason Smith is like the king of opinions. I him on Twitter. Is he doing a radio show or is he tweeting during the evening? I think he gets paid to tweet. Oh my gosh. Anyway, 
I don't know how you can pay attention and still tweet. I mean, I know we have long commercial breaks on Fox Sports Radio, but dude, anyway. Jay he doesn't Williams, really need to do the show after all that tweeting. He, the show's already out there. I mean, isn't he exhausted from all the tweeting that he does? But to Jay Williams, I understand. It's a dude from Duke. It's a guy that has a little bit more cachet than a blogger or a sports talk host or a TV guy saying it. It's just, it's an opinion. And from everyone that reached out as soon as we, because we talked about it on ESPNU yesterday, as soon as we did, I had a lot of people like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's ridiculous. Really? There's no way. Yeah. A lot. Including a lot of college. College basketball dudes are cool. Now, granted, they make it hard to get in touch with them in March. They're too busy. They're way too busy. But Writing I all those stories. Heard a lot about it. How could you even read all those stories is what I want to know. All right, quick break. News according to Josh coming up next. Uh, we're rolling on a Wednesday. Tomorrow's opening day for Major League Baseball. I kind of dig the show commercial for EA Sports with Shohei Otani. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's EA Sports or not. But for the video game, giving Shohei Otani a little love, got the old man puppet basically talking him through it. Let's go. Baseball is here. And that might be the last time we mention it on the show today professionally. Just college in the suits. It's a plank show. Won't back down. Welcome back into the plank show. Who was it that um, came out to this for UFC? Oh, my gosh. Like, this would hit. You'd be like, oh, let's go. Hold on. I won't back down. When I see, I'm going to be so mad. Uh, Chris yeah, Chris Weidman. And then he he came out to something different. Um, He came out like to, I thought it was DMX, Stop the Rain. It's like, oh. This was when I was really into UFC, and it's been a minute. Gosh, that was UFC 194. So Dang. that was how many UFCs ago? Let's see. Uh, it's I love UFC. I just haven't been able to follow like I want. That was seven years ago almost. That was in December of 2015. Conor McGregor versus uh, Josie Aldo. Uh, Aldo. And that's where... That was the famous 13-second KO in the first round where you, you went back in the back and they showed Connor working on the move that he won the fight with. Yeah, Luke Rockhold destroyed Chris Weidman that night. Like, whoa, what just happened? I think knocked him out of the fourth round. Anyway, uh, no, good song, Josh Helmer, taking me back here on the Plank Show. All right, so I feel like we've hit a little bit of everything today. I know we've got some news coming up with Josh, which we're going to do here in just a second. But I did want to tease a couple of things for tomorrow's show. You know, the announcements that they do, get it in here early so that way you won't forget. Tomorrow we're at Cavens like we are every Thursday. But we'll have complete post-game coverage from Oklahoma's game against Tulsa, both sides, for the T-Town softball faithful, my man Rich Linehan and Big O. We'll recap that game. I hope the weather cooperates because the way it's looking, Josh, we're going to have an entire show dedicated to the Masters, essentially, right? I mean, Tiger's going to be on the course while we're on the air. 9.35, he tees it up. Uh, Technically 9.34, but. Why was someone getting on me about Central Time? Did I say something wrong about Central Time? I don't know. Mike in Springfield was. Uh, You all know Central Time is God's time Central Daylight Time. Wow. Maybe I screwed that up. And then uh, one other quick note. Sal Palantonio. 
will make his return to the show coming up on Friday. In the meantime, a couple quick texts before we get out of here, then we're going to break, catch up, and end with the news, according to Josh. Uh, from the 405, what do you all think about XFL in 2023, and what if Oklahoma City got an XFL team? Well, I think it'll have some excitement early and then flop. I think it'll be like, like every, every spring, spring league. league. <laughs> but, hey, if OKC gets a team, I mean – I'd probably go to a game or two. Oh, I mean, we'd be all over it. But let's see how the USFL does this year with what appears to be a fairly solid broadcast plan. Some names we know, right? Guys like Paxton Lynch. Guys like Shea Patterson. I saw Jeff Bidette. I think he made the Michigan Panther roster. If you're looking for the... The Oklahoma tie quarterback show. Case Cookus is on the Philadelphia Stars, and I laugh because every single time the Vikings reporters talk about Case Cookus, I can't help but crack up. There's a lot of no names in this league. So let's see how the USFL works out with all the apparent backing it has, Josh, before we get too carried away about how the XFL might look. Aren't they the I mean, aren't they one and the same now or no? Is the XFL also different. I don't Regardless, we've got a week or so before that thing gets going. And then one more quick one. Do you guys think that Mike Gundy will endorse the My Pillow guy for becoming the new Big 12 commissioner? It's a political joke, y'all. It's a political joke. Ah! And then I keep saying one more and I forget I got a couple of here off uh, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line and off Twitter. Sooner Lisa, the rock star she is. Underachievers, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Biggest, richest, one of, if not the most famous hockey clubs and haven't won since 67. That's a very broad. Love it. It's a good submission. Uh, Tim writes, will you be doing the TV broadcast tonight? No, I will not be doing the TV broadcast tonight. I'll be on the radio side with a 545 pregame. And I think Nicole Mendez is with me too. Why no simulcast? Well, first of all, simulcast is is very fun but also very challenging. Indeed. And I think simulcasting comes down to numbers. So there's no baseball conflict tonight, so they can do a full TV crew. So I get to hang out in the concourse where uh, I guess some dude named Tian Sooner wants to reach up and slap me because he thinks I'm saying pinch hitter, you freaking moron. Um, Pinge? Pinge, yeah. Uh, and then Dave writes, I believe OU in Texas forced Bullsby out. Looking to replace him with someone who will be sympathetic to them moving to the SEC for the 2023 season. <laughs> well, I will say this, Dave. In a roundabout way, yes, Oklahoma and Texas did force Bob Bullsby out. But it wasn't anything outside of them leaving. I want some truth sermon, some people. I really do right now. I want to know what what really happened. Because, I mean, there's no gray area here. There's three different reports and three different conversations that make it seem, you know, so they, they just, I decided I wanted to retire and we started going down this road and blah, blah, blah. And then there's another side that's saying he's being forced out for not doing his job. I don't think there can be somewhere in the middle on that conversation. But regardless, it is a fascinating vacancy, right? There is only a handful of these jobs. 
our conference commissioner. And you know as soon as you get into that job, you're going to be faced with immediately, immediately coming up with a way to replace the revenue loss from Oklahoma and Texas. New TV deal. It's not easy, man. Or just get back to approaching it. Yeah. Got to I mean, approach you, it. You have to broker a TV deal. I mean, that's that's the next big thing. All right, quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up with the news according to John. To who? To John. Who are you? To James. The news according to Josh is coming up next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour 3 has been brought to you in part by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. We're going to do a little news here to wrap the show up. A little news according to Josh later than we typically do. Eh, just a couple of nuggets I can share with you here that we you know, haven't spent a ton of time oh, on. I haven't the, spent any time on that. The Buffalo Bills and wide receiver Stephon Diggs, a four-year, $104 million extension. 70 mil guaranteed. Does that make him higher paid than Tyree Kill per year, or are we talking guarantees now? We're talking guarantees, aren't we? Let's see. Yeah, Tyreek's 72.2. So that puts him ahead of Devontae Adams, 65 mil guaranteed. That's what I'm all about, guaranteed money. And now everyone turns their attention to what? Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. We'll see. I like Cooper Cup. I think he deserves He deserves all the cash. And what, we got a little tight end news too? Mr. Gronk says, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm coming back. He's definitely going to play, isn't he? But he says he's not ready to uh, totally commit. You know, it's wild because there's moments where you'll mention something like that, and I'll literally have to stop and think, did he play last year? Did, and they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Now, he didn't make the same. I, I didn't see what his numbers were. 55 Eight, grabs, 802 yeah. yards, six touchdowns. But but missed five games. Back spasms, cracked ribs, and a punctured lung. There is a part of me that's kind of greedy here because I know if Gronk retires, that Destiny Martinez's boyfriend has a chance to stick in Tampa a little bit longer. But we'll see. If, if I think even if he sticks around, you want to keep your young tight ends around, right? Well, we'll see. I'm full of will sees in his last segment, aren't I? Oh, we'll see. And what do you think Gronk, about that? We'll if see. Gronk doesn't play, I mean, that's less of a chance for Tom Brady to win another ring, which is, you know, of course great for everybody involved. Yeah. We don't want to – nobody wants that. I feel really, really uh, smart having picked John Rahm to win the Masters – but then in my mind, I felt like I was – He's a favorite, isn't he? I, thank you. In my mind, I felt like I was really reaching. I was like, oh, man, John Rahm. Ain't, I haven't heard anyone pick him. And then I <laughs> then I just looked, and he's the number two player in the world behind Scotty Scheffler right now. And he's got the best odds to he's win the He's got event. the best odds to win the thing. Thanks, Plank. <laughs> well, probably it's a good pick, though, based on that. What's, uh, what's Shoffley's odds? Um, hold on. I, I you know, was actually just looking at second rankings. Second and third here in two out of the two of the last three. Xander Shawfley, which I will not spell right. Odds Masters. S C H A plus two thousand. E L E. 
Shopley. So he is he is 21. right. Yeah, he is right there uh, among the, I guess, second tier of picks. Rom's the favorite. Scotty Scheffler at plus twelve hundred, followed by Justin Thomas and Cameron Smith. Dustin Johnson plus sixteen hundred. Oh, Toby Rowland's pick, Rory McIlroy, coming in at twelve plus to one, two thousand. So, uh, twenty to one. Twenty to one. Yeah. Glad you're Would good at math. Would be awesome if Rory got it done. I, you know what? I should do plus uh, uh, twenty to one for Kepka. Though is he hundred percent yet? Is that I don't a, know. He never really seems. Is never that really seems like video of him smacking a camera? Is that an old video or was that relatively new? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Colin Marikawa twenty to one as well. That's a good good guy to bet on right there. Are these updated? Because it has Tiger. I guess you can't put Tiger at like twelve to one, but Tiger at 51, uh, 51. How about this as a sleeper pick? Give me some Abe answer. Abraham answer plus eight thousand eighty to one. Oklahoma alum. One-time guest on the Sooner Radio broadcast as a sideline interview, Abraham Answer. I'm sure that's what he goes by instead of professional golfer. Yes, uh, guest appearance in my portfolio. Some of you may have seen me play golf, but I really like to consider myself to be part of the Sooner Radio network after my interview with Plank and Gabe. All right, hey, everyone have a great Wednesday. We're going to be on the air at 545 tonight for the 6 o'clock first pitch between Oklahoma and Tulsa. We'll recap that entire game right here tomorrow. Steely and Thune at noon next right here on The Ref.